Why, hello, and welcome back to Even More News, the first and only news podcast. My name is Katie Stoll. That's your name. Hi, Katie. My name is hey. Cody. The last Cody. name is Johnston to my first name. Welcome to both of us to the show that we host. Welcome to both of us. And welcome to our guest, return friend, writer, and comedian, Jenny Hogan. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. Jenny, you've been here before, so you know that we start with calling out the holidays. And today, June 9th, is National Donald Duck Day. Ooh. I don't have okay. anything to say about that. Does that mean we celebrate Donald Duck or does it mean we only wear shirts and no pants or? I think it's really however you want to roll. Shirts and no pants sounds like a good idea. Oh, you guys are wearing pants? <laughs> oh, no. I just want to know if I'm also if I also happen to be celebrating Donald Duck Day by yep. being in my standard mode. I think that any way you want to observe it is totally fine. I do not see any notes on how this holiday should be observed. So take off those pants, Cody. It's hot, right? It's hot in L.A. Uh, it's pretty hot. It is very hot. It's I don't know. I'm not in LA right now. I think the national today, nationalday.com, whatever website I go to to find these, it was looking to fill out their, you know, their content. And so they looked up the first um. appearance of every major cartoon character in existence. Mm. And this happens to be Donald Duck's. The wise little hen. Well, more importantly than Donald Duck, June 10th, the day of this release is National Bay Day. So go out and cuddle your your bay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Celebrate, oh, yeah. celebrate your bay. Neither of these holidays are very interesting, but we thought this might be a good segue <laughs> to talk to Ginny about her new book because of bays. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a good book to buy your bay. <laughs> yeah. The title of her new book is called "I'm More Dateable Than a Plate of Refried Beans and Other Romantic Observations." Uh, and it's all about the modern dating scene. Why is it so hard now? Why is the date? dating so bad, Jenny? I think it's just everything is so bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. It just feels, <laughs> that doesn't help. It, it all seeps feels in. Yeah. Yeah, I accidentally dated someone a little bit racist a while back. That was fun. Yeah, I went on a lot of dates with someone who ended up being like pretty, like he described himself as like a moderate. And then like yeah. before, like three dates and I was like, you're a moderate Republican. And then like five days in, I was like, you're not even moderate. You're just. No. Yeah. yeah. That's, That's what we get for trying yeah. to have an open mind and dating outside right, of your bubble. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 It's rough out there. Right. Folks. There was all like every like few months. I feel like there's like a piece or just like a viral tweet, whatever that means uh, about how like all oh, uh, the left libs don't want to date outside of their political sphere and stuff. And like, I don't think that's necessarily true. But I also think that it's fine to uh, prefer to date somebody who shares your values, Um, at least the most of your values, right? You should have a a foundation of your morals should be line up. Right. And when you end up trying to not do that, it doesn't work because you don't share the same values. So like what's like, I don't think that they would also say like, well, I, I do that because I don't think that they would want to. I don't know, it's just silly to complain about. Yeah, let me tell you, this guy didn't like my politics any more than I liked his. So, mm. <laughs> like, <laughs> what was the uh, the indication that, like, the definitive sign? He said that he doesn't think that white that black people get killed more than white people by cops. Oh, that's really bad. 
It's really bad. Was he aware that it was like a higher rate and he was just going with raw numbers to try to make a point? Because of the population is. He showed me a chart and I went, "Mm mm-hmm, this isn't based on percentages of population. He's like, yeah, I thought you'd say that. (laughs) I thought you'd say that. What? (laughs) These numbers are wrong. Oh, I thought you'd point that out. You're such a stickler for things being true. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you'd say that's not how math works. It was this moment, like, out to dinner, and he's like, all right, I might as well get this out in the open. It was like he was perp- he he hit it, you know. He mm-hmm. hit this. It didn't this. even come up in conversation. He brought it up. Oh God. We were well. We it started off with I'd said something about Donald Trump being a rapist, and he said, "Did you say Donald Trump is a racist?" And I said, "No, rapist." But yeah, that too. That's how it started. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Did he like deny the first part too, or he just went mm hmm. Mm. <sighs> Uh, oh man that was the reaction to that so i I, I was like so yeah so there there was more to this conversation we don't need to share with everybody but sure sure (laughs) (laughs) at dinner too and you're stuck waiting till the check yeah yeah man it was rough it was a rough night did he sorry did he pull out the chart at dinner yeah like on his phone he was like all right (laughs) i gotta get this out of the way here's my oh my god oh i was hoping he brought a paper well guys Followers of my Twitter will know that I tweeted about being on a date with someone who brought up Jordan Peterson and I went, ah, and slid mm. under the table. It's, it's the same dinner. So it didn't go oh, well. same dinner. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so at that point, I was really ready to just dive under the table for multiple reasons. But so like, it was just a dinner where he was like, by the way, I've been hiding all of my opinions that I know you won't yeah, like. I think that he was ready to not hang out with me anymore. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. like, I was also ready for that after this conversation. Anyway, how does one write a book? Jenny? <laughs> <laughs> it started with like a, a several satire pieces kind of on the same subject. And then I pitched them and they all, it kind of, I wanted it to like take the structure of a modern relationship all the way through to a breakup, which is how relationships end. And I, uh, yeah, so then I just kind of like scoped out satire pieces that would fit with every step of the modern relationship. And that's kind of how the book came to be. It's a very new book. And also because of all the, um, you know, like world events, all the press has, has is coming slowly, which is cool. Cause it, it, like every time something new comes out about it, then I feel like people care about it for the first time, which is cool. Yeah. We're having in a week or two, a friend of mine has a new book coming out and he's really excited and he's worked hard on it, but he doesn't have he needs to pre-sell a certain amount in order for it to get on charts to get publicized because independent and, you know, young authors and they're not putting the the weight behind it. So we like to bring people on here and the work, important work that they're doing or fun work, you know, like whatever it is so that you can try to get it out there. We need to totally be a yeah, promotional yeah. source for each other. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to pick it up uh, before we talk about the news. Just give us just one piece of dating advice you'd give someone who just got out of a relationship, you know, just what do you just got out of a relationship? Yeah. I would say like, consider what it is you actually want about a relationship, because maybe it's like you want a thing that you can get without going through the process of dating. Like maybe it's that you want someone to spend your evenings with and you can like reach out to more friends or, you know, like join a softball league or something, or like maybe you just want casual sex, but like, 
don't jump to the conclusion that just because you're not in a relationship means you have to be like seeking a relationship. That's so good. It's so important. Yeah. And oftentimes when you figure that sort of thing out and then get into a better place, then you find the relationship, the relationship finds you because you totally. have fulfilled those aspects that you don't necessarily need uh, somebody to fill. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I got uh, about a year ago, I got out of a bad relationship. People, I've talked about it openly on these shows and stuff. And I've been dating and like hanging out with people, but I have not really been willing to sacrifice an ounce of the time or energy that I need for myself. My co our company is doing well. Our work is growing and I've got a full life full of people and family. And I don't, I, I think that the right, the more I focus on that, I think you bring in the right people. I, I, although then I just told you another dating story from recently, but maybe mm. I'm only dating people <laughs> that are wrong for me and I should talk to my therapist about it. <laughs> or you could be dating for fun. Although I wouldn't say that guy sounded super fun, but there could be other people you go on a few dates with. Yeah. That part wasn't fun. fun. The story was fun. It lead up to it. In a way. The story is fun. Mm -hmm. It's hard because actually he was up until that night, a very, a very nice guy. This was a rough awakening. <laughs> It's like stressful. I mean, yeah, there are some bigots who can be very polite and it's, yeah, confusing. Yeah. That's often part of it. Yeah. I feel like yeah. they're not because they're so polite. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to talk about the news now. And this is sort of a transition to that. We want to do a quick follow up on our conversation last week regarding the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. Oh, uh, a lot of people had a lot of thoughts. A lot of people applauded us for our conversation. A lot of people had some issues with our conversation. And first off, I just want to say we really appreciate everybody. And we love the way that you engage with us and are respectful in your feedback because that's the way to do it. But it is interesting because there have been so many extremely different reactions following this verdict. Again, yeah, we appreciate everyone's feedback and stuff. And I, I think that no matter what we're going to say here, it probably won't like it's going to still have some sort of, you know, uh, divide there in how we deal with it, because uh, I think in a lot of ways, this trial was a X versus Y thing. Also, a representation of like abuse towards men, which is a real thing. And we didn't want to dismiss that or not consider it, which is why we sort of said like we don't want to talk about like the specific facts of the trial because what we were talking about the conversation at large we had was more about the reaction to the trial and sort of the social media aspect of it and um what it meant for the future which is why we didn't say like oh yeah amber heard was a, a sweet little angel who did nothing wrong or johnny depp was a, a sweet little angel who did nothing wrong that's not really what the conversation was about so we did preface it with like, we, we didn't... also do not feel confident sitting here and diagnosing something. I think that that's an extremely unfortunate element of this whole toxic reaction is that people are sitting here uh, making their own opinions and judging this, this relationship, which should not have been on display for the entire world to see. Uh, and it was really triggering for a lot of people. So we didn't want to get into the specifics of he said, she said, but rather talk about the implications. That said, like Cody mentioned, yeah, uh, abuse against men is a very real thing and it does not get enough attention. We didn't mean to not acknowledge that. 
but we're also not trying to sit here and defend Johnny Depp because I don't think that he needs that. And the whole thing has been pretty disgusting. So, and I still stand by our conversation, by the way. I think that the implications of what this means, we're already seeing it. We're seeing Marilyn Manson filing, you know, against Evan Rachel Wood. And Cody, you mentioned Brad Pitt with Angelina Jolie. This is, this is very real world implications here. The Brad Pitt thing seems to be more about her disparaging his like wine company or something. But like, it does seem like a lot of people are like, and he requested a jury trial. So like a lot of it seems to be like, oh yeah, we, we, we realize now we can, we can put this up for the public to see. And then they'll do all of our work on like TikTok and YouTube and stuff. And uh, I think one of the things some people had an issue with was that we said, like, we didn't like watch the trial. Uh, like we've seen mm. clips and stuff. We didn't like watch the trial for six weeks. Uh, part of it is because there's a lot of other stuff going on. <laughs> part of it is there's a lot of misinformation out there. Even in a lot of the response to the episode, there were some things like, oh, she did this or this happened, this happened. And then I'd look into that and like, well, that's misinformation. That's not that's just not true. So that's actually like one of the reasons we didn't want to quote unquote get exactly. into the facts of the trial, because there was all this information that gets people, you know, very fired up and emotional for valid reasons too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is just to acknowledge that we hear you guys and like, yeah, there's a lot going on and it's chaotic. I appreciate the way we've had the conversation, the way you guys have responded, but yeah, we didn't, we w didn't watch the trial. And generally speaking, you guys know that we don't <laughs> talk about things we don't watch, but this is a different circumstance. The, the reasons for not watching are valid. And what we wanted to focus on was some of the broad topics, right. which we did see. We saw yeah. like the stuff that we talked about was stuff that we did. Uh, right. See also, we couldn't ignore it. They wouldn't let us yeah. ignore it. Right. There we've talked about it. We appreciate <laughs> you guys. Did you know that before the invention of skincare products, our ancestors had to snuggle with dolphins to maintain a healthy complexion? It's true, probably. And while there's nothing wrong with embracing a dolphin for emotional or recreational reasons, no longer do we need to do it for our skin. That's thanks to Proven Skincare, a personalized skincare service that will help you find the perfect cream. Their formulas are rooted in the world's largest beauty database, aka the Skin Genome Project, and the winner of MIT's AI Technology of the Year Award. No more renting a boat to scope out dolphins for you, unless you're into that, for non-skincare reasons. No judgment, some judgment. Proven Skincare has studied over 20,000 skincare products in order to figure out the best cream for each individual's needs. They have a three-step system that includes a personalized cleanser, day moisturizer with SPF, and a special night cream. They update their formulas every eight weeks to evolve with you based on your skin or environment. Like, for example, if you're spending a lot of time in salt water, they'd have a cream that would protect your skin. So try it out. Go to ProvenSkinCare.com to take the free skin genome quiz and use code SMN for $20 off your first order. That's ProvenSkinCare.com, code SMN, for $20 off your first order. ProvenSkinCare.com. Code SMN. Make your skin dolphin smooth without actually snuggling with dolphins unless you want to for other reasons. But also maybe don't do that anyway. Skincare. Oh boy, I don't I just hate talking about Donald Trump and mm. laws and proceedings, but we gotta <laughs> and we should. So we're gonna. Yeah. Uh tonight is the very first public tonight. televised here tonight. On primetime TV, January 6th, health. <sighs> Interesting that 
they I, apparently they like hired um an exec at ABC to produce this. Oh my god! It. I'm not joking. really. Yeah, the Dateline guy. Yeah, come on. The and like, they're putting it specifically in this fancy room to make it more look, look a certain way, so that they can on. stream it and oh allow for god. more media in. That's like this yeah. is exactly what the like we were just talking about. Like the pro, like why? Like I know. Do it for real. <laughs> like people I know. will well, dismiss it and think it's less serious because you're trying to present it like this fucking circus. The other side of it, I don't disagree with you, but I'm gonna say the the word theory. Be I don't though, because this oh. your reaction was my first reaction, and then I'm like, uh, so I guess the, everybody knows that this this can't result in much of anything. Mm. The the best thing that you can that or at least from their perspective is to try to make this yeah to have the same kind of response as the amber heard johnny depp to make it something that is on it, that you can't really ignore to actually have the things set out loud for the american public to see even though most people aren't going to watch it you know but it is embarrassing i also feel sure that it will still be kind of boring it will be, of course, you it know? will be. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think even with all the high production, it will be not that different from C-SPAN. Yeah, because like even though you got this what ABC guy, mm -hmm. the people who will speak are still incredibly boring people. It's still senators, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And what are you gonna do, Mark Meadows? It's gonna be C-SPAN, but it's gonna open with a performance of right. We Don't Talk About Bruno, <laughs> performed by yeah. by by Nancy Pelosi. Lin, Lin Manuel is gonna pop in and do his thing. Yeah, so let's go through some of this. We are expecting that the hearings will reveal just, you know, a bunch of fun little coup attempts from Donald Trump. I'm sure it'll be um, kind of similar to like Marjorie Taylor Greene having to be on the stand and talk about this sort of things. I imagine there'll be a lot of instances of like people having to like address things they've said. And be like, well, I, I don't know if I said that exactly. And then having it read back to them or like shown a video of them literally saying it and then them sort of having to embarrassingly walk it back or something. And then it, everything will be fine anyway for them. Yeah, it won't matter. <laughs> yeah. It won't mean anything. Here are some of the things uh, that we've learned recently. Earlier this week, we found that Trump campaign staffers directed the fake electors in georgia to operate in quote complete secrecy so you know i don't know how you deny i mean that's very cooey it's cooey yeah <laughs> several members of the proud boys have been charged with seditious conspiracy in relation to january 6th that's fun man well it's like a clearly coordinated thing that like you know, when it happens on TV, you know, I don't know if everyone was home when it was going on. I remember it was very surreal and bizarre watching this thing go on. But it's the kind of thing that you can sort of uh, I think a lot of people can watch and see and go, oh, those people got like out of hand or like, you know, it wasn't uh, it was just like it, they got fired up and then they went in. Whereas it's like a thing that they wanted to happen from the beginning. <laughs> There are messages between these people. There are all these bits of evidence that point to like they knew what was going on and they knew it was bad, but also half the people involved wanted it to happen. And yeah, it's very clear. Well, and I mean, just even on the day of there's video of Proud Boys directing people to go start shit with the cops like you. There's video evidence of it. Oh, yeah. Just like on the actual day of January 6th. It took mm -hmm. me like a while mm -hmm. to 
feel like it was a big deal. It wasn't until I realized that it was like the administration was was supporting all of this that it felt like a big deal. Because other than that, it's just like we already knew that there were violent people in the United States who would do something like that. And it wasn't. Yeah, like it was. I don't know. Yeah, strike me as crazy right away. And I think that's maybe just like the one thing that might hopefully be some sort of positive thing from all of this. Because again, like Katie, you've been saying, like there won't be consequences for these people. Uh, more probably not. Maybe one or two, but probably not. But just being able to see more and more evidence of like, no, they wanted this to happen. It wasn't this sort of like in the moment accident where like, ah. Trump said some stuff about we got to go and march because he says whatever no. the fuck comes into his mind isn't like he doesn't think about this stuff, but he does is the thing. Yeah. And there was some coordination here. And so maybe at least some people will be like, oh, they did want to do this thing. And the majority of Republicans do think the election was stolen. So to just kind of have people aware that there was this like calculated conspiracy to support that belief and to fight the results. Yeah, I and I. I think, I don't know if this is, they'll get into any of this, uh, or if it should be a separate thing, but there's so many moves that the GOP are making to do the things that they are accusing the Democrats of doing in the last election, and like, pretty blatantly in some cases, and it's the kind of thing that like, I don't know if anything's being done about that. <laughs> like, they're, tr- they're going to try to do this again in a more coordinated and complex way. And it might work if it's, we just let it happen. And I just don't know. Well, also proud boys specifically are like some things that I've read this way, like changing directions, changing tactics, lower profile, but starting to get involved, like running for office, Mm -hmm. trying to actually get elected and getting behind other, you know, flashpoint Republican issues and it's scary because it's just about like covering up the past or whatever getting through this moment and then legitimizing it some more exactly yeah sort of presenting with this air of like respectability or politeness and like you know uh what marjorie taylor green just hired milo yiannopoulos as her fucking intern like what that how is that like it's I'm speechless, obviously, but that's wild and bizarre that it just that just happened. And now he's there. He's just a lying fraud. It's like <sighs> in so many ways, he was literally hired by Steve Bannon to like be a secret Nazi and like slip in Nazi stuff into the zeitgeist. Like it's documented and he's just hanging out with his haircut. You know, he's not dressing uh, so loudly anymore. So he's I'm respectable now, uh, you know. And I think a lot of these people are trying to do that just to get in these positions and then. So I have a question. Should this be the focus leading up to November? Does it matter at all? We're losing. I think we're going to expecting that we're going to lose. I mean, the focus should be on like what they want to do. That's good. Right. I know. Like that's what that's what you want politicians to do is say, we think this idea is good and we want to do it and we're going to do it. But, you know, they're out there talking about like hiring an executive from ABC to produce. Exactly. Uh, you know, they're like, what? what's Joe Biden talking about? How like the deficits down, like, you know, stuff that like people. I don't know. Gas is really expensive. People care about that, whether yeah. it's his fault or not. People care about it and talk about things you tried to do or did and what you want to do in the future. 
it feels a little bit like the the hierarchy of needs where like if people don't believe the results of the election then they're like not going to trust elected officials to do anything else basically even though like it doesn't affect their lives in the same way that something like gas prices would it it is just like it feels like i i don't i also wish that it did not have to be a big talking point for the midterms but it feels like it's impossible for the democrats to move forward at all if people like just don't trust the results of elections and if like such a huge percentage of the population questions it like we're all very sure that like there's not going to be a huge enough bombshell to matter like i would love nothing more than for them to just release a video first thing of like trump meeting with proud boys and oath keepers being like do a january 6th tell hang mike pence and that's great and then trump said on camera hang mike pence that'd be incredible on camera, hang Mike Pence. Merrick Garland puts out a warrant for his arrest. All that stuff. I'd love nothing more than that. But we're like, we're so sure that that's not going to happen that we're like, by the time anyone listens to this, we'll know what they have brought up. And I'm sure there might be some like I damning think that the, stuff. But we're like, I think it says something that it's so we're so certain it's not going to matter. I was reading that the first that today is not they they're not expecting there to be any bombshells, and today is you know like these are the first. I'm like, come on, come out strong. Do you really want to get these ratings and keep them up? Right. You're hiring this producer. Like, yeah, start with a bang, you know? Yeah. Come on, guys. I feel very, I almost, I know we had to talk about this this week and I want to, but it is hard because everything we're talking about, we've been talking about January 6th for a year and lots of big talk and no real action. Some, well, some people, some just people that were there have had penalties and like face repercussions in their life. And that's, a whole thing to unpack but even before that donald trump is always in trouble for something uh-huh. and whoa we can't do anything about it and it's hard it's hard to pay attention to it but we this is this is important <laughs> did they ever get the guy who put the bombs there no right no the guy put some bombs there i believe marjorie taylor green mentioned that today we still don't know who that pipe bomber was because she cares yeah. Uh, yeah i bet it was her some people actually do think that it was her but she's like one of those serial killers yeah, she she wants to be caught. Or she's like the only Republican who doesn't know. Up next in the fun news, Elon Musk. Ooh. We love him. We love him. Oh, he's a he's a genius and he's funny and cool and we love him. He's always waiting <laughs> for that next tweet. Yeah, he I mean he's still trying to not buy Twitter because of the horrible mistake he made by pretending that he wanted <laughs> to buy Twitter. It's very I love it because well, A, am I just like destroy like several companies but it's very similar to i don't think i'm the first person to point this out it's very similar to the trump of it all because i don't think trump wanted to become the president he did it for his attention and his ratings and his ego and he you know the trump of it all and it really seems like musk did this and then it's like okay i gotta i'll do this and oh now i gotta do this and now he's like oh no i have to fucking buy twitter and you know he has this purported belief in free speech despite you know all the uh anti-free speech uh actions he does against like his employees and things like that so he has to have this this posture of like a free speech absolutism but then i think he also realizes that moderating a social media platform is actually very hard to do without it turning into something like 4chan if you do just let anything go and i think just like all the moving parts of owning twitter um i think are intimidating to him because he also is oh uh, yeah owns four other companies but allegedly spends time on all of them and works really hard while he's playing elden ring 
But uh, yeah, so he's just trying to get out of it and trying to make excuses ahead of time with his followers, his fans about bots. There are too many bots and they lied about the number of bots they have. And so I'm going to pay less and get out of the deal. But now they're giving him the information that he's requested. Yeah, they're calling his bluff by by giving him their fire hose. I read something that Twitter's bot numbers actually do hold up, which is like insane because I think that the, it's like all bots, but 5% is kind of a lot, you know, like, and that's what they told him. Like, it so like they could lot. be telling the truth. It could be just 5% yeah, bots, lot. and that's still like a shit ton of bots, but. Yeah, he's good. Well, now yeah. he's going to get access to the 500 million mm-hmm. tweets <laughs> sent every day, including information about those accounts and the devices they tweet from. And now, it, like, he probably didn't expect them to call his bluff. So now he's either going to make his lawyers or a bunch of. People at Tesla like comb through samples of tweets or like buy a data warehouse. How is he going to do? I mean, I'm sure he has. Right. But like also part of it, like I don't want to I'm not like I don't want to be like conspiracy brain, but like part of me is like, does he just want to like get access to information about all the people who tweet mean things about him? (laughs) Because like that's how his brain works, right? Like, (laughs) but those are public. He doesn't need those. (laughs) Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. I I believe it. He doesn't know he doesn't need it. It's just like the kind of thing where it's like he's not going to use it for the thing he's saying he wants it for, even though like maybe he did want it for that. But now he's like, oh, I got all I got it all. I might my data. And now he's just going to like comb mm-hmm. through it. Yeah. Should we share that anonymous story that we shared in our Elon video about an employee? Yeah. So he's just he doesn't like when people don't think he's cool or funny. So we know somebody and we won't say anything about them, but they at one point were working for and hired to do a one of his little comedy projects that he did the past like four years or whatever. And that person was fired and let go of the project because they liked a tweet making fun of Elon Musk. And that's not speculation. They were told that that was a factor in letting the person go. And I think that says it all. <laughs> Everything you need to know about him. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like the perfect story to share with yeah. this specific topic. Yeah. I have to say, I just learned how to drive and I test drove a Tesla and it was like so amazing. And it made me <laughs> even angry at Elon Musk's Twitter. because I know, like, he's ruined it. Like, yeah, like you made a great car. Can't you just settle for that? They're, gr- they're beautiful cars and they're good for the environment. And they have this feature that I really wish I had called climate control so that you can leave your car, leave your dog in your car when you go in and run your errands and it keeps it nice and cool. I would love to. I can't because I hate him. <laughs> well, also, I, 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 we would be remiss not to point out that they're not good cars, and the autopilot is not an. You're right. We would be remiss into emergency vehicles all the time, and they ca- catch on fire. So I'm very happy that you did not get a Tesla. You're right. But they are pretty looking. But like, I, I, and I wouldn't. Knowing all of that, I wouldn't. I wish that there were more options. I wish I could drive an electric vehicle right now. They're all expensive, and yeah. and it's hard, unattainable. There are cheaper ones than Teslas out there. There are cheaper than Teslas now. That don't that have like real handles for their doors that (laughs) you know, and like that don't uh if you need to get out, you don't and the electricity's out, you don't have to like take out a panel and pull some lever inside the car door to open it. Now that Cybertruck, on the other hand, if I see someone driving those, I'm like, what a badass. Look at that. Well, a lot of it is just it's the kind of stuff that like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if like cars could do this? And it's like, I in theory. But in practice, isn't it kind of dangerous? 
even like, and this isn't Tesla specific, but there are too many screens on cars now. Yeah. I would say on like a lot of new cars, there's something about being able to drive and have a tactile response to knobs and things that you are doing to adjust. When it's on a screen, you have to know where you, you have to like visually see where the knob is because they're not like physical knobs anymore. They're not physical buttons anymore. It's all a screen. Uh, which takes your attention away from the road because you have to know the placement of it on the screen. And it just seems like we're getting farther away from like the physicality of things that you need to do. Yeah. Right? I don't know. Well, I mean, they're self-driving cars. That's the real thing with Teslas. They're not just electric vehicles. They're self-driving vehicles. Allegedly. Allegedly. They're not not self-driving. They keep crashing. (laughs) He again last week or a week, uh, two weeks ago was like, I think we're about six months away from full self-driving automatic. Like he said that like he said seven years ago. <laughs> yeah. This has only been tragedies. People don't care enough about how many accidents there are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the NHTSA is probably they, they said they're like increasing their investigation because they've got a lot more reports of uh, Tesla's. It's specifically crashing into emergency vehicles that are parked on the side of the road. The, oh, the no. FSD there, the quote unquote autopilot doesn't recognize those as cars um, and like what? will crash into like emergency vehicles specifically. They haven't done like a recall yet. And I, uh, they probably are not doing a recall because they don't want like Elon Musk angrily tweeting about they don't want him to tweet about some, it, yeah. you know, a federal agency that usually doesn't get a lot of attention. But like they're they sh- people shouldn't be allowed to just hit this like glorified cruise control and then just stop paying attention to the road well right because that's most of his deal he's a branding guy he's a publicity guy and a pr guy he can say like he says oh it's self-driving it's autopilot no it's like assisted like cruise control like you're saying you shouldn't want to be just checked out driving your car (laughs) also i have a subaru and even my non-self-driving car automatically brakes (laughs) If something <laughs> is stopped ahead of you, sorry, I was just thinking about all these Teslas crashing into cars, but my car will break if you're not slowing down fast enough in traffic. Is that like very startling? I've never driven a car it like is. that. Is that like, it's yeah, great. that's got to be like hard to deal with. It's great. No, I've loved it. <laughs> um, I'm, I've, I appreciate this. I'm nervous. I'm a nerve. I appreciate the extra set of eyes. <laughs> I need control. Well, I'm still breaking. I still usually it's just beats me by a half second but maybe that half second and then stop and go los angeles traffic on the freeways that's that's helpful you know anyway oh has anyone driven a a nissan leaf no No. i want to lease an electric car i only i'm like a new driver so i don't i think it'll be a while before i do anything but that's like the only thing that leasing i've heard the leaf is good congratulations on your license by the way Thank you so much. You heard it's good, Denise. I, I mean, it. I don't know anything about cars, so I don't yeah, want to talk out of turn. But I have heard, either. as far as electric cars go, that like the Nissan Leaf is good. I think Ford is doing some interesting things. Yeah, I, know I think they could have done better has... naming than Leaf. Person. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, environmental, you know, and makes you uh, think. Of yeah, nature. I guess it's so, better the than Nissan the, uh... Leaf. We'll float you wherever you gotta go. That's how I think yeah. of how a Leaf <laughs> travels. It's just like. Gently drifting. There's a new car. It's Honda's. It's called the Passport Trail Sport. And I think it's the <laughs> worst name for a car I've ever heard. Yeah. The Passport the Trail Sport? Backpack. Yeah, pick one. The backpack? Yeah. What's the backpack? Yeah. Like the Jansport. Oh, of the backpack. Yeah, Jansport. Yeah, Jansport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jansport, Trail Sport, Passport. Honda Passport or the Honda Trail Sport. Why are you doing both? 
That's so silly. <laughs> it's a bad name. <laughs> yeah, too many sports. It sounds like they didn't say them together ahead of like announcing the name. Like they knew it was going to be right. the passport and then the trail sport and they didn't combine it until it was like. But now they have the commercials already made and like, oh, we can't do anything about yeah, it. Yeah, the commercial was made. Yeah, it yeah, sounds yeah. to me like they were in a branding meeting and everyone's like, okay, guys, what are you going to name this? They're like, passport. Good, good. I like that. What's the other one? Trail sport. Trail sport. Trail sport. That's good, too. That's good, too. And the assistants in there writing them down. <laughs> and then some, they just handed the paper off and they're yeah. like, trail sport. Okay. Right. Like, oh, right. really? Uh, all right. I'm, it's not my Some job, interns like more like fail sport and gets immediately mm-hmm. fired. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> do you guys think that, well, do you guys think that Elon will, that they will be able to make him buy Twitter? If they want to, I think they can. I think legally they can if they want to. Legally they can. The theory I was reading was that he can only get out of the deal if he shows that the discrepancy in the bots has like a material adverse effect on the business, which it won't unless it's like 80 or 90% bots, which it's not. But he can keep like requesting more information. He can keep saying, I need this information, I need that. And he can just Mm -hmm. do that forever until they're either like, no, Mm -hmm. like pull the trigger on this. And then he still might just be like, make me and then they have to take him to court but didn't he waive due diligence on this so like how long can he keep asking for information like do that before the deal man like his lawyers came up with a thing of like we can keep asking for information and that's not part of the due diligence thing okay it's he's gonna make them take him to court and then twitter's gonna have to decide do we want to deal with this or just let him go right 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 you think twitter's just fucking with him for fun right now they, do they actually want this deal like is it good for them it's good for the shareholders they'll make a lot of money yeah because he's offering a lot more money than it's worth right now. right yeah. so ultimately i think they do want it to go through because it will make them money but it might turn into just a horrible headache to deal with elon musk in a litigious way yeah also i do think it's funny the bot thing, I think, is especially funny because he's so he's so obsessed with his bot situation. Uh, which, yeah, there are bots on Twitter and it sucks and it should be easier to get rid of them. It should be easier to, like, verify that, like, real people are signing up for accounts and using them. But his account in particular is riddled with bots. If you tweet anything even vaguely about him, you'll get, like, 10 bots responding to your thing with this, like, watch ad with a bunch of random things and like crypto stuff he's like inundated with bots his account uh someone did i forget what publication did the survey but it was like 60 to 80 percent of his like followers are bots or like like 50 to 70 maybe i forget the exact number but it was very high compared to most celebrities who have like 30 to 40 percent i think um or like celebrities with like a particular follow count like 120 million and up and I think it's funny that he's so obsessed with it because it is cl- very clearly like it bothers you personally, Elon. Yeah, like that it's it's your it's your account that you see. He's very egocentric. So he's got this like all these bots like, no, 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 all your bots. Yes, other people have to deal with it, but it's more it's probably closer to like five or so percent because they're not the richest man on the planet with all of these people sending bots at you to scam other people following you. Um, So I just think it's funny that he's like he's got he's has the most of all of them because, yeah, you're the richest man on the planet. He gets rid of those bots. His ego is going to take a hit. Yeah. Oh, it's also funny that this is the thing now. The reason he wants to get out of the deal, because it was one of the reasons he wanted to buy Mm -hmm. the company in the first place to identify and get rid of all the bots. So now he's mad that the the job is harder. Like, I thought you were this wizard, dude. If he wanted to get rid of them, if that's the reason, then shouldn't this be even more reason for you to do the deal? Because you it's a problem. 
oh, it's worse than I thought. I really have to take care of this then, right? Or like, it's like, yeah, if the problem gets worse, do you shrug your shoulders and give up? Yeah, he seems like a quitter to me. He does. Mm -hmm. Not really. Yeah, and a baby. Well, yes, he's a baby. I don't like (laughs) Okay, guys, uh, we are going to transition right on into broken news. Cue broken news sting. Oh, boy. There you go. The classic sting. Los Angeles, you all voted, right? Some of you, maybe. We voted. Ginny's not in Los Angeles. Are you in Los Angeles? No, I'm not. I'm in New York. I followed the election. I saw that Elon yeah. and Elon. <laughs> yeah, he did. The Caruso's. Yeah. Katy Perry. All the hits. Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, I was actually very disappointed because I, I technically live in L.A. County, but not in the city of L.A. So I was not able to oh. vote for mayor. I was very disappointed. Someone uh, voting okay. next to me was also like, hey, mayor's not on here. Um, that's the only reason I came out here. And it's like, oh, you don't live in Los Angeles, the city. Yeah. Yeah. So this November is going to be a runoff election between billionaire developer Rick Caruso and Democratic Representative Karen Bass. Uh, Caruso, the the you know the word what we were doing here in L.A. for the last month was anyone but Caruso. Caruso is a former Republican who changed his political party preference four times over the last eleven years. Uh, he became a Democrat just this last January, right before he filed paperwork to run for mayor. He's donated to anti-abortion candidates in the past and spent $40 million to bombard Los Angeles with advertisements. And his policies are not good. We're against him. Uh, He wants to hire a bunch more police. He wants to conduct sweeps of homeless encampments. You know, he... But he owns the Grove. He does own the Grove. Come on. It's pretty disgusting to see the amount of quote-unquote progressive people at least in name or who stand up and you know are never trumpers and you know talk about being against all of these the things that we're all against and then just just fawning over rick caruso who's objectively bad but because they are threatened and they are buying in on all the media hype and they feel that the you know the unhoused population is out of control and everything is just really wild in LA right now people are showing their true colors i feel well that's i mean that's sort of always what happens right as soon as uh like yeah we we're against this and this and this and this and this but the thing they're mostly against is feeling uncomfortable around yeah homeless people right like that's that's what it is yeah. that really mobilizes i guess yeah katy perry and elon musk and whoever else he like tossed a few, but I don't know why, like anyone he met once at an event like eight years ago, he's emailing mm-hmm. and being like, hey, yep. can you come out and support me? And they're like, OK, yeah, OK. We had some uh, progressive candidates on on the ballot. Uh, Gina Viola pulled a five percent of the vote, which I think was higher. She was pulling at like two percent. Mm-hmm. So that was actually good to see. Karen Bass is a has been a pretty progressive member of the House. But since she's running for mayor, she kind of drifted to the center and has also said she wanted more police and things like that. But it's kind of a no brainer this November to to vote for Karen Bass over Caruso. Yeah, of these two folks. Who's leaving? Caruso. Well, Caruso won. He got 42 percent of the vote to Bass's 37 percent. But there were some more progressive candidates and all of their votes are going to go to Bass. So it's going to be tight, but yeah, I think once the actual like that campaign really gets going and it becomes very clear, like it's this person or this person and the microscope is put more on Caruso without just like these random tweets from Katy Perry being like, I like the sound of this guy. I think once it a lot of the his positions and past and all that sort of gets to the forefront, I think that it'll 
be an easier decision for people. Yeah, but this high profile people will all be endorsing him as well then. And this goes hand in hand with Jonathan included this in our notes, but it's important to bring up for people who might not elsewhere might not know about the whole campaign to uh, recall the L.A. District Attorney George Gascon. And that is a real disgusting thing that's been happening here as well. We had a recent episode about Ring and all of these different social media apps, but all you see everywhere is um, recall George Gascon and, and and trying to pin you know rises in crime and misinformation about the state of Los Angeles on on him and it just kind of plays into this whole swing that we're seeing here not just in Los Angeles but throughout California um, mm-hmm. it's like a backlash to progressivism almost. It's not everywhere. It's just in some spot. Right. But that's how it's always being framed. Like Chesa Budin got recalled. He's the San Francisco progressive district attorney yes. yesterday. You know, there's a few articles about like an increase in shoplifting, which there's not really, but mm. a few articles about shoplifting and people get all afraid and then they blame the district attorney and not the bloated police budget for mm-hmm. those things. It just never makes sense to me. But yeah, like there's a, a recall effort. Uh, on Gascon, the same yeah. as there it, it was on Chesabudin. It might be successful. I don't know. I, I don't. Although, I don't know if there's as much like centrist and real estate group and billionaire and tech money going into that campaign down here as it was right. in San Francisco. But like, I was kind of upset at seeing the New York Times report: California sends Democrats and the nation a message on crime when it was really oh, like. They- love that shit yeah it's like this one district attorney gets recalled but then there are still like progressive da's winning in alameda county and contra costa county no any any chance they get crime is skyrocketing uh and it's because we defunded the police is the narrative and obviously that's not what happened yeah just like a made-up reality yeah the backlash and this sort of like the fear of crime is always going to be very 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 effective to manipulate voters yeah i just want to include this detail that you included with us, Jonathan. Uh, people are blaming him for these violent crimes and high-profile pro- violent crimes, you know, against rich people, <laughs> or whatever. But there's no reason to believe that he wouldn't, you know, prosecute people who have done a violent crime. This is all a bunch of a media, you know, twisting of the narrative. And robbery, burglary, and theft are all down here. Uh, and yeah, there were some rising murder rates across the country since 2020. We've talked about what this. happened in 2020. Right. Lots of things. But the crime rate in L.A. is still way lower than it was a long time ago. People lose lose sight of that sometimes. Yeah. People think it's like 19. <laughs> they, they think it's like 1981 in New York. They think it's like taxi driver style out there in New York. And New York is very different than it was in the 70s and 80s not that i lived there in the 70s and 80s yeah jenny jenny do you fear for your life every time you leave and go outside yeah and what's walk it around like new in york? new york um no i would not say that i fear for my life if anything it's like i would fear for the lives of like i have nieces and i fear for them going to school that's like yeah. right, more right. scary to me i know i know it's very dark and i guess there was a subway bomber i don't know it would be too i think it's too much to process that riding the subway might be dangerous so i just ignore it you put up you like compartmentalize it yeah look it's life is everything's a little dangerous i i mean i think that we all i like i'm less afraid of the people around me than i am of the government and big broad decisions that are being made totally oh yeah definitely but not at schools i i do fear for my nephew as well yeah 
Yeah, the uh, the Supreme Court this week gave Border Patrol agents immunity from lawsuits seeking to hold them accountable for constitutional violations. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a 6-3 ruling, and it gutted this precedent, which found that federal law enforcement officers who violate the Constitution can be sued and potentially required to compensate victims. So this new ruling gives them the authority to use excessive force without fear of of litigation uh, or civil retaliation as long as they're operating within 100 miles of the U.S. border, which includes 100 miles of, like, the ocean. So it's where two-thirds of Americans live. It's not just, like, by the the Mexican and Canadian We've mentioned this a little bit before, but the 100-mile, that border zone is, like, really fucked. Uh, It's fucked up that that is even a thing. And uh, it's essentially a lawless zone for border control to do whatever they want um, without repercussions. And that seems bad. It does seem bad. It does seem bad. Like if it's particularly egregious, I guess they might be fired from CBP. But like the the victim of the excessive force has no recourse whatsoever. No recourse. And also, I don't have faith that they would be fired. There's not. Yeah, why I mean, would you? I guess if enough, if if enough people paid attention, and there happened to be some video evidence, maybe somebody would be put on leave. Only if there's video evidence. Only if there's video evidence. Well, that was a fun one to end things on. Mm. Do you want to react to a tweet? I mean, I'm sure you all saw the tweet. Lauren Bobert tweeted, "Take your right. children to church, not drag bars." My God. <laughs> My God. Okay. Wow. I actually didn't see that one. I take my house to like a church themed drag bar. I feel like that's kind of a fun vibe. <laughs> or a drag bar themed church. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either one would be acceptable options. But in lieu of those, I'd rather take my child to a drag bar than to church. Have you been following the Democratic primary against her? No. <laughs> no. It's sort of interesting. Well, one of my former classmates is running um, and he... It's oh. very good at like going viral. It does seem to be like the main issue they're debating is Lauren Boebert, but um, he went viral for this yeah. video that was just like them throwing shit at each other, basically, and then talking about how Lauren Boebert's full of shit, um, which she is. I guess it's like if you're running against someone that crazy, it's really hard to do anything substance based. No, you have to kind of just reach for the stars. Yeah. I guess yeah, just, real, just take a broad swing. Bummer that you can't just be like yeah. Uh, real person be like here's what i believe we should do and ignore this lauren person who just wants attention i think yeah and it's like it, all of uh, the, let's talk about how we can help all you. the primary yeah. candidates are just i like read about their debate and it was like they can just only discuss her because she's like so crazy i have to point out and ask and correct me if i'm wrong but didn't it just in regards to this tweet and her like we got to protect the kids from the bathroom Pansies and that her like bullshit. Didn't Lauren Bobert's husband expose himself to teenagers yeah. at a bowling alley? Yeah, that's right. Oh my god, that is correct. Pretty sure he did oh that. Oh my god, I forgot. Oh my god, at a bowling. Don't take your kids to a bowling alley. Don't take your kids to a bowling alley when Lauren Bobert's husband is there. So uh, good advice. Don't take your kids to a bowling alley when Lauren Bobert's husband's good, there. Sound advice, Ginny. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for joining us. Again, yeah. uh, everybody, uh, check out her book, which came out May third. Yeah. It's already out. It's not coming out. It is out, waiting to be purchased. I'm more dateable than a plate of refried beans and other romantic observations. I had to read the title again because I love it. It's long. It's a long title. And remind our listeners where they can find you online and stuff. I'm Ginny Hogan underscore on Twitter and Instagram. I'm newly on TikTok at just Ginny Hogan. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great time to join yeah. TikTok. Thank you. 
I know. Yeah, yeah I'm getting into it. It's pretty fun. <laughs> All right, guys. That's it for us this week. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, remember, we love you very much. Very much. Thank <laughs> you.